Hey everybody, I am coming to you from the banks of the Mississippi River. Me and my family are on our cross-country adventure. We're spending four months traveling, seeing uh, historical sites, and right now we're by Nauvoo, Illinois, and uh, it is great. But uh, we have a one-bedroom, it's not even one-bedroom, a studio cabin right here it's it's a really just a step up from glamping so uh, I don't have the capacity to do or the room or the silence to do a full-on regular episode but uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share an episode that I recorded with a great parent coach Heather Frazier. Uh, we recorded this several months ago. Uh, she gave it to me to cross-publish, and this is the perfect week to do it. So this episode is going to be more for the parents. Uh, so teens, you can skip this one. Parents, this is just for you. Teens, go grab your parents and tell them to listen to this episode, because we're going to talk all about parenting teens. So without further ado, here's my episode with parent coach Heather Frazier. All right, everybody, welcome to today's episode. I am on with my friend, Joey Massio, who coaches teens. A lot of my clients or people that I talk with want somebody for their teen. And while I'm happy to talk to teens, this is all that Joey does. And he has some exciting stuff to share with you guys today. So Joey, welcome. Heather, thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, teens are my jam. I absolutely love working with them. Yeah. So give us your background. Yeah. So um, before I was a life coach, I, I've been a life coach for four years now, and I've coached teens from 12 all the way up to 26. I know they're not teens anymore at that age, but uh, you know, I, I worked with them for about four years. Before that, I was a middle school teacher for seven years, and I volunteered to be the teacher in the discipline office. Uh, and my principal thought I was crazy. They're like, wait, you want to be there? I'm like, yeah, I want to be in there. I think I can help out. The, the guy in there now is just yelling at people to shut up and sit down. You're in trouble. You know, just put your head on the table, right? But I'm like, I, I think I can help those teens. So I did that for four of my seven years and loved it. Uh, it was so great. My principal loved the work I was doing in there. So when I left to go do my own coaching in my private business. She's like, no, I saw this coming, but we're going to miss you. <laughs> okay. I have to ask, what was your most exciting story oh, working with goodness. the kids in the discipline office? Do you have any fun what? turnaround stories for us? Okay. Those kinds of exciting. There's lots of different kinds of, <laughs> kinds of excitement. Um, but for me, it was the moment where, you know, I'm sitting there and it's lunchtime and there's a big commotion outside. And that's when at a middle school, when you know, when there's a commotion, that means there is a fight Yes, right, going on. So I, I opened my door because coming down the hallway, I know there's going to be somebody. And there was coming around the corner. There's this uh, campus supervisor carrying this girl who um, apparently had just been jumped by five other girls. And she's hyperventilating and she's freaking out and all this other stuff. And she has a little friend tagging along right beside her. And her friend's like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. You know, and everybody's telling her, it's okay, you're okay, calm down, you're okay. They bring her to me, kind of drop her off. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? With a smile on my face. And her friend's like, she's having a panic attack. She just got jumped. She's having a panic attack. And I looked at this girl and I said, great, let's have a panic attack. And they both looked at me like I was nuts. 
And <laughs> I, I sit her down and I start, I go through all this stuff that I teach teens, breathing, right. Accepting them, the, accepting the panic attack, visualizing it. Right. And I talk her through it. And within 30 seconds, she was breathing and she was calmed down. And her friend looked at her, looked at me and was like, are you a doctor or something? And I'm like, no, no, I'm a freaking mind ninja. What? That's right. Yeah. And it was just a super cool experience. I did that at least three times over the course of my time in middle school, you know, just coaching someone through a panic attack. And for me, that's yeah. always, that's the quickest turnaround. There's other stories of people who come to me throughout the year that I love, but those are longer stories. Uh, but that one telling a teen, Hey, it's okay to have a panic attack. It's brand new to them. Yeah. No, that's, of course, we're both coaches. We know this. We both know this. But this goes against our natural human instinct, which is to fear our feelings when really we don't need to. Yeah. It's okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I interrupted your introduction. No, no. Totally I was fine. so excited to <laughs> ask that question. I know. Um, any other fun well, background information that my listeners need yeah, to Yeah. Before I was a teacher, I was an actor where I performed uh, on hundreds of stages in California in front of thousands and thousands of people. My biggest claim to fame is being an, an, an actor at Disneyland, where I am the only actor in Disneyland history to have played both Darth Maul and the Mad Hatter. I like it. I'm pretty versatile. Yeah, I like it a lot, <laughs> I guess. And you are apparently a ninja for reals. Yes. <laughs> if you can play Darth Maul. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So working with your teens, what does that look like? And what I have found, because again, I'm willing to talk to my clients, teenagers, but usually they don't want to talk to me. How do you get teens to talk to you? So there, there's definitely a trick to do it. Um, and it's something that I've practiced and honed for a long, long time. But there's an element of, well, first off, there's fun and humor. There's definitely that. And that's something that I think sets me apart from other coaches that also work with teens who also are very good. But for me, it's all about the humor, you know? And so for me, I try, I, I be fun. Uh, I talk with them in a way uh, where there's lots of jokes and stories and all that. I, I package the things that you teach, all the powerful things, and I package it in fun story-based ways. Uh, that teens are like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So that's that's the first component, but it's not even the most important component. The most important component is I position position myself as a mentor, not as the villain. And oftentimes, teens view adults in their lives as villains. Oh yeah, they, yeah. They have the impression that this adult, and it could be their parent. It could be a coach their parent wants them to meet with. It mm -hmm. could be a principal, a teacher. Oftentimes, it's like, this is an adult who's trying to change or control me. So yeah. walls go up and they're like, you're a villain. My life's fine the way it is, even though they know it's not. And they would love to change, but they can admit that to a villain. They don't want to tell uh, someone who they're perceiving as a villain. Uh, okay, yeah, you're right. You know, because then they're going over to the dark side, right? Uh, which I get the irony that I played Darth Maul and I was literally on the dark side, but that's aside the point. So when I meet with teens on the consult call, right? Um, I always, I, I start with the humor. I'm like, Hey, well, let's go over what life coaching is. Cause most people don't know who I, or most teens that I work with don't know who I am, 
what I do. I'm just some guy that mom wants you to beat with. Is that right? And they're all like, yep, you nailed it. That That's it. And I'm like, I'm here to help you get what you want. That's what I'm all about. That's a mentor. A mentor is an adult who's offering guidance, wisdom, and freedom. And that's hard for parents to do sometimes. It's hard for teachers and principals to do that last part, the freedom part. We're all about the guidance and the wisdom, right? <laughs> so long as it looks like how I want it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But we're yep. afraid to give them the freedom. Yeah. I do love that about coaching that we don't have agendas for our clients. We just want them to have the best life that they want. Yeah. Not what anybody else says they should have. Exactly. And and once I make that clear to them and I say, hey, you're the boss. Your mom just is going to pay me, but I work for you. Like, what do you want and why aren't you getting it? Uh, and I'm here to help you with that. And they're go, and they're always like, oh. All right. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Like that is something I would love to do, but, um, it's shifting their mindset that I'm not, I'm not the villain. I'm not here to change their life. And I started this in the discipline office. Kids would come in. I'd be like, Hey, welcome. They're like, why are you happy to see me? I just got busted for smoking weed. I'm like, I'm just happy to see you, man. Come on, sit down. And they're like, I know what you're going to tell me to stop doing it. I'm like, I'm not going to tell you. Do you want to stop doing it? Like, well, no. Well, you know, I'm like, okay, well then keep bringing weed and what's going to happen. Right. Well, probably this, that, and the other thing. All right, I'm, do you want that? And they're like, no, I don't want that, but I want the weed. I'm like, well, you got conflicting wants here. So you got to pick one. Right. You know, and then it's getting them to know, oh, you're right. I, I do want to stop bringing weed to school because it's going to get me to a place I don't want to go. Oh, okay. That, but it's got to <laughs> be the weed them. at home, kids. <laughs> yeah. Right. Leave the weed at home. Right. It's like, but it's got to be them doing it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's the part. And you probably know this with your adult clients. It's the same. We can't yeah. be like, Hey, look, look, this is what you should do. And let me tell you, right. We can't have that agenda, but no. if they come up with their own agenda based on the freedom to choose and when everything's laid out in front of them and they don't have the pressure of, a, of an adult being like, Hey, you should stop doing that. They'll always, and every kid I've coached, they'll always be like, yeah, I should stop looking at porn. I should stop doing this. I should stop doing the, I stop yelling at my sister. Yeah. I, I don't even want to be doing that. I don't even feel good when I do it. Why do I do it? Ooh, that's a good question. Let's talk about that. Yeah. And then we talk yeah. about that. And if their parents are writing them really hard, a lot of times it's just because they want to spite their parent. Like, yes. I don't want to be doing this, but I, I'm going to win this yeah. battle of the wills, whether uh -huh. you like it or not, whether it damages my future or not, yeah. Yeah, I will matter. win. Yeah. I can't let mom win. <laughs> no, seriously. Ego is such a wild catalyst. Yeah. Um, but you have a really great little mantra that I love, which is um, from sidekick to hero. Mm -hmm. Can yeah. you explain what that means and how you help kids with that? Definitely. So my, my master's is in education and my uh, bachelor's is in creative writing. So I, I mixed the two when I kind of created my coaching philosophy and where I put the teen as the main character of their story. And I say, oftentimes we feel like the sidekick in our own story, not the main character, the sidekick. Yeah. And if you think about any story, a sidekick is someone who's not in control of their destiny. They want to be, they want to save the day. They want to do heroic things, but they feel like they can't because they've been captured by the villain or they don't have the right skills necessary or their circumstances are just so. 
So unfortunately, I can't. And I call that being a sidekick. And once a teen identifies as a sidekick, they're like, yeah, no, that's totally me. I'm like, awesome. Do you know what a hero is? A hero is someone who is always in control of their destiny, not of their circumstances, but of their destiny. And if a hero gets captured by the villain, the hero is the one to break themselves out. A sidekick has to be saved by another hero, right? But a hero, I mean, watch any movie, any good movie, the hero, despite the odds, right? They're chained and hanging over a pit of sharks, right? You know, and they have no weapon on them. They'll figure out some way to like, I don't know, break their uh, silver tooth and spit it and shoot it off the rock and hit the lock. And, you know, like they'll, they'll do something. <laughs> and, and we're always like, oh yeah, they did it. Right. That's, that's a hero. Someone who doesn't allow their circumstances to control uh, their own destiny. So I, posi- I position it that way to the team. I'm like, look, sometimes we feel and think like a sidekick. My job is to get you to recognize when you are thinking like a sidekick and get you to think like a hero. And I separate all thoughts into those two categories. There are hero thoughts and there are sidekick thoughts. And what if you can take every thought that comes in your mind and put it in one of those two categories? Is this going to give me more control over my destiny or is this going to give me less control over my destiny? And once they can start doing that, and and I have them name their hero, right? Your name, the blank. I'm Joey, the creator. It helps us get into that identity, that alter ego, right? It's like, what would Joey, the creator do in this moment right now? What would he think? You know, oh man, he would think there's something I can do to create my way out of this, you know? Um, and it also helps me, as I explained to parents, I'm like, your kid has to be in at least sidekick mode in order for me to work with them. If they're in spectator mode where they're like, I don't want to change. I'm fine playing video games and just, you know, lounging around and not doing anything. I don't have any goals, right? I'm fine the way I am. Then that's not someone who is a good candidate to be worked with. That's not someone who's good for this work, right? If they don't want to change, but a sidekick has that desire. Yeah. What do you have any tips for parents who have those kids? I just, it's the new year and I just did a top 10 countdown of my podcast. Number two was apathetic teens. (laughs) (laughs) Number one was lying teens, (laughs) (laughs) which, which, you know, makes sense. Um, But apathetic teens was right up there. So parents want this information. Do you have anything to add as far as I talked about mental health, right? Because apathetic teens, that can be a symptom of something that they need a little extra help for, whether through a psychologist or medicines or both, Mm -hmm. that can be a red flag for depression and anxiety and things like that. But if parents have already kind of checked that out and gotten things squared away in that department. Do you have any words of wisdom for them? Yeah. Uh, so I've talked with some teens, teens where their parents are like, yeah, they're, they're apathetic, right? You know, they just don't care about stuff. Yeah. And I talked to the teen, I'm like, oh no, no, they just don't care about the things you care about. <laughs> right. Like that's, they care about things, but they care about Minecraft or they care yeah. about talking to girls or being on Instagram. Like they care about those things. So I, not, it's not like they're apathetic. They're just pathetic. No, no, that's not the opposite. <laughs> they're, they're sympathetic with other things that you are not right now. So first off, it's realizing that I've 
I've talked with very few teens who are truly apathetic. And I loved what you did. You, you nailed it. The teens who are truly apathetic, where they, they're not caring about anything. Yeah, get them to yeah, a therapist. That's a red flag. That's a red flag. Get them over there. But if your teen just doesn't care about the things you care about, right? You want them to do their chores and you want them to, to you know, like go out, go out in the world and do things, right? And they're like, nah, there's on their phone. Um, don't label them as apathetic, right? Just see them for what they what they are. Right now, they're uh, potentially they're just really into these extreme dopamine hits that they're getting from phones, video games, and other things. Yeah, right. But labeling them as apathetic is going to make you the villain because now you got to change them. Now you, you have to change. You can't have an apathetic teen who's going to become a a loser when they grow up and not care about things. I got to do something about this, right? You can switch it. You can go from villain to mentor, which is how I position it with parents. You can go from villain to mentor by finding out what they are passionate about. And also this, teens ultimately, at least the ones from my experience that I talk to, they do care about things like homework and having a clean room and all that. But it's just so hard or it's just too much. Those are the two biggest things they'll say. So hard or it's just too much. Yeah. And one thing I've seen too is parents have such a high expectation that their kid knows they can't meet the expectation because every time they try, their parent corrects them and tells them it's not good enough. And so they're like, forget about it. I'm just not going to try because I like, I can't win. Yeah. Yeah. So for for me, it's it's kind of a trick, I guess you can call it a trick, a hack. Um, When I'm working with a teen, I do this with my kids too. My oldest is seven right now. I got four, um, but I do this in the, in middle, in the middle school discipline office. I say, hey, look, you can do whatever you want. Like, hey, do, do whatever it is that you want. I'm here to support you to get you what you want. And they're always going to say, oh, good. I just want to play video games then. Hey, awesome. If that's what you want, by all means, go ahead and do that. And the parent in us goes, what the, but, but, but I can't say that because then homework and chores and other stuff, but it's just, just chill, right? position yourself as a, Hey, I'm here to support you and the thing that you want. Right. And, uh, either in you checking in with them as you're, as you're, uh, maintaining this mentor mentality, or they might even come to you, but there's going to come a point where they're going to go, well, you know what I actually want? Like I, I would love to finish my math homework. It's just fill in the blank. That's when you're like, Oh, is that what you want? Like, do you want to be able to do math? Yeah. Okay. That would be good, huh? No, I, I think you're right. Right. And now it's their idea. And, and you're like, all right, well, wh- what what can I do to help you? How can we, uh, you know, and maybe it's giving them some mental resilience skills so they can go through the uncomfortableness of doing math, or maybe it's it's pointing them out, you know, teaching them some things on, on how to uh, set goals and achieve them, right? Hey, maybe, maybe try this, right? But when you come at them, like, I know what you need to do and you should be doing this way, and you should not be doing that, they're going to clam up. But when you go, hey, I'm just here to help you. Tell me what you want, and I'll help you get that. Consequences and things are still a thing, you know, uh, natural consequences or parental consequences. But when you position yourself, I'm just here to help you get what you want, then they can be more free to tell you, well, I actually do want that. I do want a better relationship with my sibling. I do want to try harder. I do want more friends. I just don't think I can get it. Yeah. I love that. Okay. You guys, Joey's launching an app and I'm really excited about it. An app for teens, but Joey, you mentioned four hero arenas. 
mm-hmm. that this app and kind of your teaching cover. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about these four areas? Yeah, I'm I'm so excited for this app. It's called Sidekick to Hero. I've been working on it for nearly a year now with professional game developers. I hired them to develop, develop this app from scratch to make it look and feel like a game for teens, but it's mental resilience. It's a game they play in real life. So they're going to play through these four arenas and they're the hero arenas and hero spells out headspace, emotions, relationships, and objectives. Because in all my times working with teens, Those are the four areas they need to become heroes in. First is headspace, which is how they think, right? Second is emotions, which is what they feel. Third is relationships, how they interact with others. And the last is their objectives, their own personal goals in life. So what I thought would be cool, and we already talked about some of them, so I can just kind of just highlight, but kind of just share one helpful tip in each one of those areas or arenas. Does that sound good, Heather? That sounds amazing. Okay. Well, so in Headspace, for me, it's um, it's two steps in order for them to get control of how they think. It's thought awareness and thought organization. And that's really it. Humans in general, right, are we we suck at thought awareness. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a metacognition, right? And we're the only creatures on earth God gave this ability to. You know, and we like barely use it. We just go along thinking whatever comes to our mind without even questioning or realizing that it's just an optional thought. So for me, it's what I mentioned earlier. When I position the sidekick thoughts and hero thoughts, and I give teens the challenges to stop and go, what are you thinking right now? What Tomorrow during your, and I hate to rack on math, but it's always math. <laughs> Right. Math is the worst. Math is the worst. (laughs) Um, But during your math class, when you're bored or you're frustrated or whatever, stop and go, what am I thinking? Most teens assume their thoughts, their sidekick thoughts are just facts. Yeah. It's just, it's just. Well, I just said it. Math is the worst. (laughs) Right. Math is is the worst. That's not, that should mean you happen to agree that math is the worst, (laughs) but it's not a fact. And me and you are not in school, so it's fine for us to think that, but. (laughs) A teen who's in school thinking math is the worst uh, probably is not helpful to them. And it's a sidekick thought that takes away their control over their own destiny because it's causing them to not do their work or not focus, right? So when it comes to headspace, and people are always talking about growth mindset. I love growth mindset, right? But just throwing at them, have a growth mindset, right? They don't know what to do with that. In school, we're really good at that. We're really good at posters and slogans and mantras. And we put them up everywhere. So much so that they become white noise. That teens are like, yeah, I know, think positively. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, oh, okay, or not, or think negatively if you want, but realize that you know your sidekick thought is going to stop you and your hero thought will get you the thing that you want. So when it comes to headspace, um, it's thought awareness and thought organization, realizing what you're thinking removing it, organizing it, removing your hero thought, replace, sorry, removing your sidekick thought, replacing it with a hero thought that will get you the thing that you want. All right. So that's, that's headspace. Second is emotions, right? So this is the biggest thing for emotions. When I go to speak at schools, um, we, we, we always do this, uh, um, object lesson. And I often go speak with Ben Pugh on another phenomenal teen coach. And he's a big dude. Big, big dude. And uh, we do something called Ben's Circle. And we draw a circle on the floor and we bring a big tug of war rope and we get the, the teens, hey, 
who can pull Ben out of this circle? They're like, and somebody's, oh, I can, I can, you know, these are middle school, high school kids. <laughs> and they go and they try to pull Ben out and they can't budge Ben at all. Right. right uh, and then we'll get two or three of them and then maybe they can move Ben. Right. A little bit. Right. And then I go, Ooh, do you guys think I can do it? And I'm a lot shorter and not as strong as Ben. <laughs> I ha- I have met you both in person multiple times. I can vouch for this. <laughs> oh, good. She can vouch for my shortness and weakness. Thank you. No, Ben. <laughs> Ben's large. Yes. Very athletic. He looks like a football lineman. Yeah, Bill. I, think he, I think he was. <laughs> um, so I go up there and like, no, you can. There's always that one sweet kid. You can do it, Joey. Right. And so I go. I go All right, guys, count me off. Ready? One, two, three. And then I drop the rope. And Ben looks at me. He's like, hey, like, pick it up. And I'm like, I just, nah. And then Ben looks at me and, and he looks at the kids and we kind of stand there in awkwardness. And then Ben's like, all right. And, he, and then he walks out of the circle and picks up the rope and he's done. And I'm like, ah, I got him out of the circle. And the teams are like, what? No, oh, come on. It's cheating. You know, this and that. But the lesson there is learn to allow your emotions. And we talked about this with the panic attack earlier. Yeah. Too often, we feel like they're a scary thing we have to pull out of our head or out of our lives. So we start pulling. But when we pull against our anxiety or our depression or our frustration, it pulls back and it needs to justify its existence. Yep. So it digs its heels in and it won't let you pull it. It won't let you move it at all. So instead allow it. And at the end of every time we're speaking to kids or whatever, whenever we have them fill out a form, what's the biggest thing you learned this week? That's number one. I've learned that I can allow myself to be angry or depressed or anxious. I can allow that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's huge. That's (sighs) yes. I like to speak to groups as well. uh, I used to be terrified to speak. (laughs) Now I love it. I get this weird high. It's so fun. But yeah, definitely I agree that with my clients or in speaking, learning that it's okay to have emotions that don't feel good always shocks people. Yeah. Yeah. It's again, like you said earlier, it's counterintuitive. Um, yeah. It's the best. Yeah. No, it really is. It takes off so much of the negativity just to be like, oh. I'm feeling anxious and that's actually not a problem. It just dials it down so many notches. Yep. But okay, so relationships, that's the next arena. That's the R, yep. So relationships, there's a lot here. It's my favorite thing to talk about is relationships. Me too, me too. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love it. (laughs) For teens, a lot of that boils down to social skills, not just dating, which I talk about too, but social skills. So for me, this is the one of the things that I love teaching teens. It's called the conversation cape. Okay, so it's putting on your cape when you're having conversations. So CAPE is another acronym. Acronyms are helpful uh, to remember. So when you're talking to somebody new or even somebody old, not like an old person, but like somebody you're used to talking to, um, remember CAPE, uh, C is choose to carry the conversation. So usually a teen will have a conversation. Hey, hey, what's up? How much you? Uh, good. And then they'll leave and be like, Right. Like that was boring. Right. You know, like we never know what to talk about kind of thing. But nobody in that scenario chose to carry the conversation. Like, so first, just be the one to choose to carry the conversation. I do this all the time when I meet new people or go to new scenarios. I just choose to be the one who's going to carry this conversation. That's on me. That's going to be my job. 
unless I see that they want to do it, then I let them do it. But for the most part, especially with teens, nobody's choosing to carry a conversation. So choose to carry the conversation. Then A in CAPE is assume they want to talk to you. Far too often, teens start a conversation, even pre-conversation. Uh, this person doesn't want to talk to me. They don't want to talk to me. And that totally ruins your jive, man. Like you go in there <laughs> like, oh, whatever. You probably don't want to. Oh, you, you have to go. Oh, they're looking. Uh, they, they don't want to talk. And like you're just second guessing yourself and you assume yeah. that they don't want to talk to you and that they want the conversation to go horribly. Nobody ever wants that. Right. And that doesn't mean that you go in there blindly and just jabbering somebody's ear off when they're giving you all this, the cues that they're done. I'm not talking about that. They're always afraid of that. So then they go too far in the other direction, right? Where they're like, just not like, no, go in there, assume they want to talk to you until you get concrete evidence that they, that they might not want to, you know, looking over your shoulder. Hey, you know, what? I got to go then let them go, but just assume they want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Then there's P right. Give them permission to think whatever they want about you. This was one of my most powerful things I learned from coaching, right? Where it's just like, man, I can give other people permission to think whatever they want about me. That's so freeing, right? Far they too will often, anyway, right? They will anyway, exactly. <laughs> Far too often we're like, okay, they need to think I'm funny. They need to think I'm smart. They can't think I'm weird. So we go in there with an agenda to our And we act weird. And we act weird, exactly. <laughs> and then they're going to think we're weird or whatever, right? But instead, you're like, you know what? I'm just going to give them permission. And it's funny, like you said, that we're giving them permission because they are going to do it anyway, yeah. right? But that framework, right? That mindset, hey, think whatever you want about me. I got my own back, right? Like you're going to be able to show up as you, right? So that's permission. And the last one is E, elaborate. So this is something I learned from improv. Uh, I did, I've done improv for 20 years, um, currently doing it at, at the Comedy Sports in Provo. Um, love, love, love improv. One of the key things of improv, key like phrases or famous phrases, quotes, is information is the lifeblood of a scene. So if you want a scene to go well, um, you got to get more information out there. And improv is just like having a conversation, two or three people making stuff up without a script. That's what a conversation is. So in a conversation, information is the lifeblood of the conversation. The more information you have, the more alive your conversation will be. And if you're sitting there just being like, oh, yeah, my weekend was good. Or yeah, I like I like math. Huh? Supporting math there. There you go. Supporting math. <laughs> I like math or whatever. Um, then the conversation is more likely to die. But there's two ways to elaborate, you know, to get more information out there. You can add it yourself or you can get the other person to add it by asking questions. Uh, that's a super easy way to do it. Just people love talking about themselves. Ask them questions. Oh, what'd you do this weekend? Ooh, what was good about it? Oh, like where? Oh, my goodness. Who won? Oh, that sounds crazy. Dude, like, do you play sports at all? Oh, no. Like, that's that's information, and it keeps the conversation going. So that that's one of the things I teach when it comes to relationships and social skills, um, and teens love it, and it's helpful. So are we ready for the last one? Amazing. Yeah, hit us. Okay, objectives. So these are the actions and the goals that teens have. Um, teens, even the apathetic ones, they have goals. They have yes, things they that do. they want. Yeah. And uh, it can be really scary to share your goals with people. Mm-hmm. Can be really scary, especially for our kids who this is a kind of a new deal for them. They're, yeah. They have this brain that's developing and 
becoming more adult-like and all of a sudden they're thinking about their life after high school and it can be really scary fear of failure and fear of what other people will think yeah well and especially when uh, when they're 12 and 13 all their uh, goals for their future are going to be based in becoming a pro athlete a famous actor or a famous youtuber right because that's just the things that they've been seeing so they want to yep. emulate that you know uh and then the adults in their life will be like oh well no maybe not i loved your post today on Instagram. If you guys don't follow him on Instagram, you definitely need to go follow him. He had a great post today about this very topic. Yeah. Yep. That's it's fresh in my mind. And it was just like, no, like, like encourage them in their goals and objectives to be this outrageous thing. You know, like we do it when they're five years old. You want to be an astronaut? Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course you can be an astronaut, but something switches in our parent brain when they, you know, hit high school. No, no, you can't be an astronaut, right? You can't be a famous YouTuber. No, yeah. like, and then we start, I don't know, teaching them to think small. Don't, don't do that. You know, like l- let them think big. So, um, but the one thing I, I do teach teens to help them achieve their goals is something called protocols. And so when it comes to a protocol, a protocol is like, I have a goal, either working out more, stop looking at porn, eat healthier, do my homework on time, whatever it is, whatever your proto or whatever your goal is, if you don't have a protocol, it's not going to happen. A protocol right. is thinking purposely ahead of time. And so usually I tell them it's got to have a th- three things, a time, a place, and rules. So for working out would be, you know what? I'm going to work out every day at 5 p.m. right, for 30 minutes. That's the time. Also includes the duration. Right? Um, the place, you know what? I'm going to go running You know, these days around my neighborhood, or I'm going to go to the gym, You know, or I'm going to, you know, go wherever, right? So a place. Um, Rules would be, I'm going to go with so-and-so, but if so-and-so doesn't go, then I'm going to do this instead. Because far too often it's like, well, I wasn't going to go work out. I coach a lot of teen um, athletes who are like, well, I wasn't going to work out, but then my buddy couldn't make it. So then I didn't go. And I'm like, why why not? They're like, well, you know, and they don't really have an excuse. They just didn't have a protocol. Yeah. Right. So set up the rules. It's same things with, with homework. I'm going to do homework every day from three to four 30, right after school, right. I'm going to do it in the kitchen and I'm going to do it listening to music, but with my phone on airplane mode. Right. And I'm going to do it for an hour and a half. I allow myself one potty break and that's it. You know, uh, it's rigid, but it works. So setting up protocols helps you uh, achieve and accomplish your goals. And that's I love it. it. Okay, so tell me about the whole app as a whole. Yeah, it's um it's something that as I was working with teens, I you know I, I ran my own membership with a couple other awesome coaches, and the tech part was always missing. There's so many co- and kids uh, are tech. Yeah, yeah, kids and their tech, right? And there's a lot of courses out there, platforms for coaches, but they're all set up the same way, right? Where it's just Video lesson, this, you know, that next thing, right? And I'm like, okay, well, video lessons are are good and it's got to be there, but it's going to be a more fun way to do this. So I developed this whole game where the teen is 
the main character and they sign on and it's very visually appealing it looks like a game um i i put a, a walkthrough i just got some new video from it um because it's it's in development right now and it's it's set to launch sometime end of january or beginning mid no uh february um depending on tech problems you never know right but um so if you want to see the walkthrough i i made it look visually appealing was i did see thing. this on instagram as well oh it looks awesome <laughs> Yeah, super cool. And the kids have an avatar. If you notice in any game, they're all about oh, leveling definitely. up their avatar. Yeah. They, they can want you to buy skins? Game. Yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> oh, you can buy skins, not with money, but with experience points and coins that you earn by watching the video courses through the stages and the arenas, the hero arenas we just talked about, and by completing challenges. So at the end of every video, and the videos are like three to five minutes long, I keep them fun. There's memes that pop up, right? All the stuff that teens like. So that part's more like a YouTube video that they would watch, right? But they watch it and it teaches them one of the things I just taught, right? And then it says, all right, now your challenge is this. And then I, I had the development team create these challenges that I can put in. There's several different kinds where it's one that will check in with them every three days. You know, hey, did you do this today? Did you do this today? You know, they can upload more of a journal, type out their thoughts. They can take a picture of something they've done and upload it. Uh, they can uh, go and set a goal for themselves. I should be awake by 6.30 tomorrow morning, right? And then the app will check in with them at 6.30. Hey, are you awake? And they can go, yep. And they can claim the XP. Right. And so it's that, not like $40 for some skins. No, not a $40 for some skins. No, no. no. And so, uh, but as they do that, then they start earning experience points and coins, and they can use that to uh, customize their avatar, right? You know, the various accessories and skins and capes, because their avatar starts as a sidekick who's just kind of just, you know, this cartoon characters sitting there kind of just blank and they get to customize them as they turn into a hero. So their sidekick becomes the representation of their inner transformation from sidekick to hero. And they can use their XP and coins. The more they get, the more likely they are to win actual monthly prizes that we'll be giving out. Because that's something I learned in middle school too. Kids love prizes, whether they're Beats headphones or gift cards or uh, I gave away an X, uh, no, a PlayStation Five the year it came out. Wow! It was so hard to find, uh, yeah. but I found one, and that motivated a ton of teens at the middle school. And I showed it. I'm like, guys, we got one. They're like, what? Um, so giving away fun <laughs> prizes. That's a big like motivator. That. It is. It is a big motivator. Yeah. That's the extrinsic, mm -hmm. but it's also mixed with the intrinsic. I think for teens, both need to be there. Um, you know. Yeah. One thing that I love about youth that we tend to tamp out as we go into adulthood is making things fun and having fun and that things don't have to be serious. In fact, they often work out better when they're not. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when we're not taking them, you, we don't have to take college applications so serious. We can have fun and be creative and that's probably going to yield a better result. Yeah. One of my or, favorite Or quotes. whatever it is. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is, um, those without a sense of humor are at the mercy of the rest of us. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. Okay. Do you, we're about at time, but do you have any other gems of wisdom for my listeners? Well, become your teens, Obi-Wan Kenobi, not their Darth Vader. 
right? Darth Vader was all about forcing people to do what he wanted them to do. But if you think about any mentor for any hero, their mentor always let the hero leave. And in every story, the hero usually leaves, right? The mentor is like, I don't recommend it. If you leave, this might happen, right? I'm here to teach you things. This is the best way to go, but you're always free to leave. And in every story, the hero does venture off because they need to chart their own path. They need to do their own thing, right? They're on their own course. The mentor lets them leave. The villain forces them to stay through using the force. (laughs) So let your teen go on their path. Let them fail. Let them be afraid. Let them, you know, experience life. Uh, Let them do the things you're desperately afraid of them doing Uh, and be their mentor. Because also, if you notice every story, the hero, after they do the thing and after the consequence happens, the mentor told them was going to happen, right? The hero always goes back to the mentor and says, all right, teach me more. I'm sorry I left or help me through this challenge. And the mentor always does. Yeah. And with all the parents that I talk with, that is what they want. They want their kid to come to them. They want their teen to trust them and listen because parents have a lot of value. But yeah, when we force it, it loses all its value. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, I love it. Okay. Tell my listeners how they can find you, how they can get this app, all of the things. Yes, all the things. So let's start with the app. Uh, go to sidekicktohero.com uh, to get on the interest list uh, to receive emails about when the app is going to go live. Uh, when it's ready, you'll get updates and all that. So that's how you can get on the interest list. Um, once the app launches, it's 20 bucks a month. Uh, I, I really wanted to keep the cost down. Uh, there's an option to get private coaching as well for also super cheap. Um, and it's it's going to be great. So then that package is $60 a month for one private coaching session. So go there. All the information will be on there. Um, if, if you listen to podcasts with your teen, my podcast is just for teens. It's called uh, Secrets for an Awesome Life. And so that's a good introductory way. I know a lot of parents use my podcast to get teens to be like, oh, this guy's kind of fun. You know, they're short, funny, you know, story-based episodes that teach one principle. I've been on one of them. Yes. Yeah. That <laughs> one is one of my highly downloaded ones. We had helicopter moms. Yeah, helicopter moms, baby. <laughs> yeah. Because like, yeah, get my mom off me. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, lo- I love okay. the story for that one too, but <laughs> logistical question. Yes. So I definitely want this app, but I have more than one child. Mm, thank you. Yeah. So the, uh, the app is per child because each teen has their own account that, and, and the, the app is going to keep track of their progress. So, um, it's, it is $20 a kid. Um, uh, the coaching, if you want to sign up for that, that's transferable. A lot of parents have been asking me that, Oh, what if I get the one coaching a month? Can one, like, can both my teens use that? Yeah. hundred percent. Totally. Um, also a logistical, uh, logistical thing I should point out. I keep saying the word app right now. It's a web-based app, which means your team does not need a smartphone, which means that they can access it from any device with a browser. Um, that option will always be there. Eventually, we'll be uh, porting it into iPhone and Android apps uh, for those teens who do have smartphones. Okay. I love it. Thank you so much, Joey, for being on. I'm going to put all that contact information in the show notes. So if you're driving or folding laundry and you don't want to stop what you're doing, it's written down for you. You don't have to scramble for a pen or paper. 
And thank you so much for coming on today. I know that a lot of parents are going to love this information. Well, thanks so much for having me, Heather. It's always a pleasure. All right. So there you have it. It was a fun interview. Parents, if you are looking for a coach, go to Heather Frazier. She is awesome. Parents often ask me if I coach parents. And no, I do not. I only coach teens. But Heather Frazier coaches parents and she's awesome. You can find her on Instagram, Heather Frazier Coaching. That's Frazier with a Z. You can also go to her website, heatherfrazier.com. I'll put the links in the show notes. Again, she is absolutely amazing. Uh, Teens getting coaching is awesome. Parents also getting coaching is also awesome. So go check out her website and see what she has to offer.